You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we are continuing our series through the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches series. Today we're going to be talking about the book Missions by Andy Johnson. Missions, How the Local Church Goes Global. Uh, this was published by Crossway, and the, my copy is 2017. And who's this guy? Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we actually have a special guest with us today. In studio. Awesome. So with us today is Mark from Hebrew Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Mark. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. T- tell us about yourself. Tell us about the church. Give us something in a nutshell. Yeah, so um, my, name is, my name is Mark Whitaker. I'm the pastor for worship and mission at Hebrew Baptist Church. That's in... It's in northern Kentucky. Usually I just say Cincinnati because it's way easier. Just over the border. Yeah, it's 20 minutes from Red Stadium. So. And and you're working on a doctoral program related to mission. Tell yeah, us about so it. I'm working on a, a, what's called a DMIS, a Doctor of Missiology at Southern Seminary right now. Where, where, what seminary is that? So, uh, sorry, just, I realize I'm in a different place. Southern The, the Southern the, Baptist <laughs> Theological Seminary. Not Gateway like Josiah? No, oh, no, okay. The Southern Baptist Theological <laughs> Well, I'm really excited because rather than having two rookies on the podcast, we have somebody who <laughs> is going to school for missions and is actually one of our mission partners. So yeah, yeah, you're about dissertation here. phase too. So. Yeah, yeah, this is my last semester of coursework. Final okay. countdown. Awesome. Well, let's dive in, guys. Okay, so um, I'm really wanting to defer to Mark on all this, but uh, let's just start with the premise. We do that every single time, Yeah. which I thought that this one was a little bit less focused, but I still have a note here on page 20. It says, the main premise of this book, and then colon, God's word gives us everything we need to know and to obey him and to bring him glory. Uh, Mark, you teach this book, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Do you feel like he nailed this premise? Um, I. It's not pretty vague, right? I, I mean, there's some scripture in here, um, but I think, and one of the things that the Nine Marks books do, and I feel like some of them are a little bit more honest about, is applying that that ecclesiology that they put such a high premium it's on all the church to lines. this topics. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like this book is intended to sort of engage missions as methodo- methodologically from a, from like that sort of nine marks Baptist ecclesiology. So it's not a book about missions. It's about how does a nine marks type church do missions. And to some extent too, I think he's engaging other methods. So like that's one of the reasons why I don't think you're going to find maybe as much, uh, I don't want to say this, it's not devoid of theology, but it's a lot more methodologically driven. Because well, there's a lot less scripture in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I think he's addressing... Uh, maybe views that he, you know, or critiquing views that are already methodologies are being used in the broader missions world. Okay. Well, that's true. I feel like a lot of times when we talk about these books, we, it always feels like it's geared more towards like pastors, elders, deacons. Yeah. I did feel like the missions book was geared more for the whole church. Like yeah. this it is, is about a church is. missions, but I felt like yeah. it's something the whole church could read. You yeah. Know? Like if you were out, right. going out on a mission trip, you could read this well, book. You t- so, Mark, you teach this. Mm-hmm. Do you use the book? Does everybody get a copy of the book? How do you <sighs> teach it? I've done it. Well, I've done it in the past. So like, I've, like the the probably the most thorough I've done with this book is with a group of of pastors and leaders in Southeast Asia. Who are, are? Is it in their language? No, it's not. It's in English. So, so I'm having to teach it, and then I'm ta- I'm going through a translator. Okay. And, so they're uh, not getting a copy but, of the book. Yeah. <laughs> so what they really appreciate? No, they're not. And I, I've actually thought about reaching out to Nine Marks because I knew they do some translation. So but. Nine Marks guys, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Indonesian world would love to hear uh, Indonesian-speaking peoples really re- could use your books, but um, the. Uh, uh, so, 
So what do you do with the, the class? The value, the so, yeah. so the value of it in that situation is because these are uh, the old missiologists would call them the new churches or the younger churches, right? So these okay. are maybe second, third generation Christians. Some of these pastors are, and so they're starting to think about the fact that they need to be going, right? So they're sure. in the midst of UPGs, the unreached people groups, all around them, and they're starting to think maybe I need to go somewhere because they were planted by the Western churches who are all about mission. So they think they need to reproduce, which is great. But so it, for a lot of them, it was the first time they'd ever even encountered a methodology for taking the gospel across cultural barriers or across geographic barriers. So, the, so because it's, is it helpful that it's short? What is this? How many pages is this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is, do you feel like this is just a, I mean, you, you're working on a dissertation basically in this zone. Yeah. So... This is an overview book, scratch the surface book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does it help them to scratch the surface? Is it too little, too much? I Do you think, think so. More? I think so. I think it's a, it's important. I think his audiences are generally going to be people who have not thought that much about this. Like this isn't a book for missiologists. Right. Those books are way. This thicker. isn't. This isn't an assignment in your doctoral program. You haven't read this. No, no. <laughs> okay. It hasn't come up. In, no. <laughs> so um, I mean, it's 120 pages. It's hard to cover everything. Um, I think he does a lot of great things in here. But what's maybe something, Mark, that you're like, ah, you know, being a mission guy, I feel like you kind of missed the mark on this. Nice. I knew you were going to go. What did he? <laughs> no, we're not doing this. No, that we're putting him in the hot seat. Um, no, I, I, Where what, could he have done better? What, one of the like things I think is, in, I'll say is interesting and somewhat controversial. Uh, near the end of the book, he spends time talking about other ways of doing missions. Right, I, forget the I was going to ask chapter. you about uh, this. No, it's not that. It's, uh, yeah, chapter 7, engaging the nations by other means. Yep. He spends a lot of time talking about international churches. And I, it certainly was eye-opening because I've read a lot on this subject and nobody's talking about this, by and large. Hmm. Um, and so I appreciated the fact that he was he was addressing it in, in a much more positive way than I might. I don't know that... I'm not saying that international church... The idea of, So the idea is planting an English-speaking congregation in a place where there's a lot of expats that are looking for an English-speaking congregation. So you're making an oasis for them. Right, yeah. Which, and, wait, hold on. I'm going to interrupt for a second. Yeah. Is that not in some ways what we're doing in some cultures when we plant a Spanish-speaking church or a Chinese-speaking church in America when they could speak both languages, but they want to speak in Chinese? Right, yeah. So I, I get that, but the difference is they're reaching non-indigenous peoples. Right. And they're being cross-cultural. They're trying... Like, they went over to be cross-cultural, but they're not being cross-cultural. They created a reason not to be They're basically reaching people that are, were already like them who happen to live in another area. Now, there's a lot about being done, especially in the Middle East, with international churches and planting indigenous churches out of international churches. But I just find there's a little bit of a disconnect between, between having an English-speaking church full of English-speaking people and having an indigenous person as a part of that church than planting a church outside of that because really? you're not connecting with indigenous people. But we do this. I'm going to, you, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, but we're out here in the West. And how many people do we have from the deep South with their, you know, collard greens and sweet tea, whatever. Yeah. And they come here and they end up attracting the people who moved here for work or here in the military or whatever from that culture. And yeah. then we end up with a church plant here that looks the same as, us, except it's totally not because yeah. their potluck doesn't even have the same food. There's accents everywhere, and it becomes almost the same thing. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. you're talking about is kind of that. Yeah, yeah. So again, I don't disagree with the the methodology. It was just pretty new and fairly controversial. I felt like for him to talk about it. That he so did much. do a pretty short. Yeah, work I would either. appreciate a lot more research on that. 
Because it's an interesting topic that really hasn't been written on that much that I've seen in the literature. I'm going to jump jump a little bit into something that maybe our listeners, like most of our listeners are probably not thinking, well, well I was thinking about doing a church internationally. The closest thing I think our listeners probably have, unless some of them are pastors, but a lot of the listeners are probably just thinking, the closest thing I have is like, oh, my church is going to do a short-term mission trip. And he he did a section on why there's value, although I feel like his short-term mission trips felt like they were long. But Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, how... How do you feel for just a basic listener? Did he do on encouraging or persuading churches to be engaged? Because you guys do that. You're uh, partnering yeah. with us here. You're yeah, bringing yeah, yeah, a yeah, short-term yeah. team here. No, I, What's your thought on how he handled I that? I thought he did an excellent job. So, like, the especially, like, the preparing for the short-term trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's a lot of short-term missions that are done wrong. Well, he like, he opens up with, like, short-term missions that help. Yeah. Right. And kind of at least lays the groundwork. Yeah. And but, so, like, my favorite piece is is it's it's relational, which is super important. we got to be thinking about long-term. A lot of people do these one-off mission trips. Right. They go, and they never come back, and they don't have any concern about what the long-term... Got my fruit, pictures, yeah, left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, it, like, like, he focused on the long-term is re- and the relationship is huge. Yeah. On page 55, he talks about... Um, short-term mission trips coming at the right time, you know, and for the right purpose. You know, sometimes, like you said, we do them to feel good about ourselves. I remember my wife said that she was at a church once and they did a, a mission trip and they went to like a Indian Navajo nation or something here in the West and they painted the inside of the guy's house. And later on, she found out that did nothing for that guy. She was actually talking to somebody here at our church now and said, hey, our mission trip did this. And she said, that that's not beneficial at all. Right. You know. And then that, that woman shared how somebody came to the, the reservation and actually built an outhouse for her mom and how helpful that actually was and what a game changer that was because they had to pour in all the water that they used. Right. Yeah. Well, how, uh, if you don't mind, and we, I haven't asked her. She shared this a bunch. We have a, we've had a, a Native American woman who grew up on the reservation here. And she said a lot of the mission trips that came made me feel really ashamed of not yeah. being like them. Yeah. They do a VBS. They do this. And yeah. she's like, I, I didn't like when the teams came because I felt terrible about myself. Right. Yeah. Like, I heard that and I went, ooh, that's painful. And they had like a Christmas giving, Operation Christmas Child, whatever. Yeah. And she got, and she was a little girl. This is not even funny, but oh. it really is funny. She was so excited to be like in these other American girls. She was so thrilled and she got a pair of roller skates and then she realized there is not any concrete or any <laughs> oh, place. No. Where, it was dirt everywhere. So she just walked around the reservation on the dirt in her roller skates. And I'm like, I think we're missing something <laughs> right. here. And it's got, no relationship. It's, and it's got to be field focused. That's the other piece. I think a lot of times short term teams can be like, um, we're, we we know we want to do this, so we're just going right. to come do this thing. We have roller that skates we're, to give yeah, away. <laughs> that we're uniquely equipped to do, and that's great. And you need to pay attention to your gifts, but it needs to start with the national partner. It needs right. to start yeah. with the person who's on the ground, and you need to find out what they want and what they need, yeah. and what's useful to them. And you need to to, to carve like to carve your uh, your space in their in their method and not in your own, not, sure. not importing your own. We've had ideas. a lot of mission teams come over the years, and, and it's amazing the ones that you can tell are just kind of doing it for themselves and the ones that are really wanting to come alongside us and help us and equip us here locally. So, Mark, I have a question for you. It comes out of 79, page 79. Um, these, so this is in a section, six characteristics of a healthy partnership mm-hmm. and servant-minded, things you're talking about. There's something in here that, in all the church planting and mission work I've ever done, I've not seen this to be 
Um, man, I mean, he just mentioned the long-term focus like you did on page 84. But this particular one, I wasn't sure. I get what he's saying. I think I agree with what he's saying. But it's a pastor-led issue. And the, and the line says, leadership begins not with the pastor's own passions uh, for mission. That's great, but it's sufficient. It begins with the pastor regularly preaching through the whole corpus of Scripture, opening up the implications. Like He's saying like there is a picture here that it is the driven focus of the pastor's teaching ministry in the church over the long haul that creates healthy partnerships. Yeah. I'm curious if you would speak into that. I know you guys at your church are serious about that, but yeah. do you think that is a mandatory aspect? Of, like, I don't how know. does that work with like a T4T I, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think that's, that makes sense. And like, again, we have to be reminded, like, this is a nine marks healthy church series book. Yeah, so it's their so, thing. So, yeah. so like the, the expository preaching thing is going to come out right now. It has to in every book. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so like we have to like, so and, and of course that's important. And of course that's useful. But I think there's more to it being pastor-led than just pulpit ministry. Mm -hmm. That's hugely important. And I know maybe some of the people in my tribe might be going, whoa, 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 It's the only thing. Like, no, it's not the only thing. Well, I think you got to lead by example, too. I think, I think the pastor needs to show the church what that looks like, what missions looks like by living cross-culturally. or so by taking act, like he goes into some prayer and into some stuff. I get all that. And they have to lead in this way. But you're saying, like, do you think the, the like, uh, at your church, Lead pastor went to uh, London. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you think that's? Do I need to go on more mission trips? To I feel lead like the church I feel like trips? if, if I, I, there's something to be. I don't think you have to go all. I literally just listened to a podcast the other day on this very subject, and I, they were like, "No, not at all. It's not necessary at all." I do think, at a, some, with some kind of regularity, it's kind of hard to say, "Hey, I want everybody to be part of missions. I want everybody to go on these short term teams." Never go. And I never go. <laughs> right. And in fact, if somebody asks, they're like, "Well, that's that's the mission pastor's that's job." That's not my calling. My job is the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, like like Mark can do all the traveling. I'll stay home. Sean doesn't like my pastor doesn't do that at all. So so that leads me to my question for our listeners in that here. Like, obviously, when we read books like the Deacon books, that's for a select group of people. But what about missions? Like, who is called to, to go this? on a mission? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hear them say, hey, we got to live on mission. Like, what? <laughs> who's supposed to go on mission trips? All of us? Well, yeah, I mean, wait, wait. <laughs> I want that question answered, but can we peel back the layers on who goes on a mission trip and who's supposed to live on mission? We right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unpack that for well, that's two a, that's, separate things. This is a funny thing. You could spend all all day talking about what the difference between the word mission and the, what the difference is missions is, and even missions is used in like different ways. So like I would I, I like to talk about like the missionary task, right? So the missionary like task in my uh, missions in my my view, um, just in general as a topic as a, as a focus of study, is the methodologies in which we take the gospel across barriers. Mm. Oh, and okay. I, I would say barriers being, the three main ones being linguistics, being a different language, geographic, you're going some other place, or cultural. In my view, it's really not missions unless it does at least two of those three things. Nice. Oh, so okay. there's, there's like, so you can do local evangelism. cultural... And geographic. Yeah, you linguistic. go across that, it's missions. You're doing yeah, yeah, a missionary yeah, yeah. task. Right. You're saying across two, not just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think to some extent you could say that the trailer park that's right next to your church 
is in one sense crossing cultural barriers if most of your church is upper level, like like upper right. upper socioeconomic socioeconomic. Yeah. yeah. So you might say that's a cultural barrier, but I still don't think that's quite doing that much because you're identifying together with so much cultural, and even though you're different. Still part of your community, right? And they still speak the language. So I do under that actually helps us. That helps me in understanding when you see like this is a more like or impoverished or this is a less educated. You pick the dynamics when we choose that, but we still only have one. So you're and that, saying that's still just part of living as a Christian. So it, like in my church, I hear sometimes people will ask, well, what are we doing in terms of local missions? And my response is there might not be any such thing depending on how diversified your community yeah. is. So our community is pretty homogenous, honestly. And you so, say like you mean like evangelism? Yeah, like, <laughs> and so yes, and so it's like we, you know, we, we, we like evangelism is hugely important in that piece. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. So, Brian, just as we kind of start to wrap up, would you recommend this book? Yes. No. Why? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I would. I would suggest read this, and I'm embarrassed to say why. For somebody who's interested in mission work, I like that it's short. And then I can figure out how they feel after it. Yeah. Like, I have some other books, but I'm like, let's just start. Let's scratch the surface. And if you still want to keep going, I have other books I'd recommend. So, so like, I wouldn't say, if we were going to, I'll put it this way. If we were going to do a mission interest meeting and we were going to take a team somewhere, I'm not 100% sure I'd start with this book. I think this comes before that. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I think it's good. but Kind I of a foundational book is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I think it's a really good. I think it's really good in the series. Yeah. And I think it's a really good you're so you're thinking about mission, you know. Yeah. But I think if I if someone's like, I'm really interested in how to do mission work, I'm like, that's probably a different book to read. Sorry, Andy Johnson, I, I know you want I just don't think it covered the basis as well as yeah. I would have liked. Yeah. I don't know how I would have yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think, Mark? Is Brian in the weeds or what yeah. do you think? No, I think I think he's right. I, I, I wouldn't it would it might be a good first book, especially if it's somebody in my church I frequently encounter people that are a little bit worried about reading a book, especially something that their pastor gives them, because they're like, Oh, it's gonna be some big theology book. So it, yeah. in that sense Did I like Did you just it. hand me John Stott's commentary on John? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, which I may or may not have done at some point. But yeah, so I, in that sense I think it's really good and very readable and approachable and you're gonna get you're gonna get enough of a, of several of the different areas of missiology to kind of whet your appetite to go and then read something else to some extent. So All right, so Mark's on my side. How about you, you know, Josiah? Like I said, <laughs> He's like I... not going to disagree now. No well, you know, I'm not here to muddy the waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. I thought it was a great foundational book. I, I think it's for everybody more than just pastors and deacons. I love what he says just here on the back of the book. It says, churches don't need a complicated missions program. They need the Bible and the wisdom to know how to apply it. So I think at the but end of the day, and this book, and this book, <laughs> well, and, this book. <laughs> and it's important to know too, in that sense, like he says, churches, yeah, yeah, churches don't. So like we're talking about the missions efforts of local churches, and that's where this book does stand out. And, yeah, and that's where, it sh- then that's how the whole series works. Is yeah, this yeah. is how you do this together with your body. Because so much of missions books, is done by organizations outside of local. Okay, churches. we have a tiny bit of time. You just opened a can. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Uh, and, I mean, this opens a can. But he doesn't get into the reality that the mission of God to the nations is supposed to be through the church. He gets into that part. Right, yeah. Okay? He says, yeah, that's great. He doesn't really scratch into what about the prosthetic limbs we have yeah. with the parachurch organization pieces where the church itself is failing. Yeah. Do you think, Mark, and, and Josiah, you're more than welcome to jump in on this, but if you want to dodge it, you're fine. <laughs> do, you, do you think that... He hasn't, do you think in a way he's saying if 
the churches do this job, we should expect not to see those organizations. Do you think he would go there? I think possibly. He like he's going to be a little bit more anti parachurch than maybe others might be, which is ironic because you know because Nine Marks is a parachurch is a, organization. Well, that <laughs> and um, the, you know the the sort of the flagship church of this organization is a Southern Baptist I mean, church. Yeah, who has this huge IMB. Thing. Yeah, like, like I'm not. I'm not trying to squash that, but yeah, I think yeah. we don't. When we're talking about these books are for the church, I think we've gotten in our head that missions is not for the church. Yeah, I, that's, that's totally right. And we're okay with those. And so the question I have is, if the church were to do its job better, are we okay to see those things go away? And I don't know how you that's feel That's an excellent that. question. I don't know if I'm ready to say one way or the other long term because we that hasn't happened. Right. Like, so we don't even know what that looks like because, because these sending organizations came in so early in what we call the modern missions movement. They went to societies, what they called them, so quickly that we never got a chance to see what an indigenous, local church-based missions effort looks like outside of what I would argue the Moravians. We can talk about that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we might have to do a whole podcast on his dissertation. <laughs> the Moravians. I've been hearing some about the Moravians while it's been hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that Andy Johnson didn't go to the Moravians. No, he doesn't. And, and very few people do. Critique about well, that? Well, I, I think that would be useful for somebody who's who's emphasizing the local church sending to talk about a denomination who at one point, one out of every 12 like communicants worldwide were living in a country other than the country of their birth because they were on mission. I think I've derailed us, Josiah. You no, need to no, shut no. this thing down. I was going to say, this you is the whole problem with our podcast because I try to end this on time, then you always <laughs> open a can right at the end. So here we are. So that being said, if your church is not doing missions, you probably should. And this might be a good place to start. Until next time, thanks for listening. And for more details, find us at saltybeliever.com. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.